Hey, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan here with my friend Trent. And last week we had a wonderful conversation about moving on up. How do you move someone um, around in your church from one leadership role to another leadership role? How do you move them into a leadership role? And we really set the groundwork for what we want to talk about today. And we want to thank Rod Height for the question. I mean, he asked one question and got two episodes out of it. So thanks, Rod. Maybe you have a question. We'd love to answer your question as well. So uh, please reach out to us here at the Enduring Churches podcast. But Trent, let's jump back into this conversation today. And tell a little bit about, about Rod's question and, and how this came about. And then let's look at the process for moving someone around on the inside. Well, and so our good friend Rod Height sent us a message and a question about, you know, what? how do you handle a person who sees a need, you know, and this is from a person who is in a ministry role, but they recognize that maybe this role, they're not equipped to continue in this role because of some changes that need to take place in the church. And so they recognize that and they're willing to and desiring to move to a different position because they love that church. They love the ministry that it has and the relationships that they have there. And so they're, you know, how do you do that? And is it a healthy thing for a person to move from one ministry position or one leadership role to another role so that some things can happen in a church and then they can also stay a part of that church? Yeah, that's an important question. As again, it's one that we think is a more um, prominent question today than it's been in, in years past. So last week we talked about some of the things that can go right, some of the things that can go wrong. It's part of a process of evaluation. And this is where it always begins. It begins in this time of evaluation. So what's in the most important part of the evaluation process, Trent? Well, here's a point to take from... Say you're the lead pastor and you have someone in your church that either comes to you and says, hey, we'd like to consider moving to something else or that you see that maybe a change needs to happen. And so you've got to begin by evaluating the relationship between this person that's in that role and the church and you as a leader. Uh, those, Those two relationships are going to be vital whether this is going to be a healthy thing or not. So, Alan, if, you know, if someone has a great relationship with the church and you have a great relationship with them, that's a very positive thing and you want to continue that. But what if you see that you might want to change this person's role, but they don't have a very good relationship with you or they don't have a very good relationship with the church as a whole? How will that work out? Yeah, they're going to look at that as you're reprimanding them somehow, that you have it out against them. And that can be a real problem. And that's something that does happen a lot, especially when when the pastor or a personnel team comes to someone and says, hey, we want to move your role. And this was not on their radar. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of ways that that can go with bad feelings. I think you always need to also have in the back of your mind an exit strategy if those relationships aren't good. Um, how are we going to deal with this if things kind of go sideways? Because there's a good chance there will. So relationships are probably the most important part of this evaluation process, how are relationships going to be um, effect, affected by this? But we also have to evaluate their ministry effectiveness as well, right? Yeah, you want to take a hard look at, okay, how have they done in their 
existing ministry or previous ministry. You know, are, how is that going? Does the church look on it with favor? Do you feel like they're accomplishing the goals that you all have, have set out? Um, and so you've got to do some evaluating to see if that's going well, then, hey, is this next one, is it going to go well? And if it's if the existing ministry or previous ministry has not gone well, lots of times churches think, well, if we just move them, but that may not be a good thing either, Alan. It's one of those mercy hires we mentioned last week, right? And that can be a bad deal. Yeah, we don't want to go into that situation where we're just trying to fill spots to fill spots. I mean, that's that's not a good thing. We want to make sure that there's a strategy and a way to for the church to be successful and for a church to thrive and endure. You know, we see this in government all the time. Government's one of the worst places. Uh, you think about a president. A president comes in and hires a bunch of people, and then a new president comes in and wants to hire their own people, but they just keep all these other people on payroll somewhere else. And then all of a sudden you have this swollen bureaucratic mess, and the same happens in churches. We we keep people around um, way too long who who aren't effective, who aren't maybe doing what needs to be done, and we shouldn't do that. Now, Trent, I will tell you, be patient, work with people, but there does come a point in time where you have to be willing uh, to let go of people. And so evaluate their ministry, which means also we have to evaluate their giftedness for the new role. Let's let's, And maybe part of that is evaluating their giftedness or lack of giftedness in their existing role, but really we're thinking about the role that we want to move them into. Yeah, if, if you evaluate their ministry and, and things were positive in their previous ministry, would they continue to be able with their giftedness and their talents to be able to do well in the next role that you want to lead them to? And and honestly, I mean, they must have some positive or you wouldn't even be considering them or you wouldn't even have this thought process, right? And so, um, you know, and maybe that's just the great relationship they have with the church members or that they've been there a long time, have some good, you know, positive standing in the church. But in whatever your ministry you're considering them for, they have to have some leadership gifts and some skills to be able to make that work or it's going to blow up in your face. And so evaluation is important, Trent. Conversation is also pretty important. When, when and how do we have this conversation? Well, and, and I want to say this multiple times, one of the main um, important key thoughts in this whole process, a major principle is lots of open communication. Um, no one likes to feel like they've been left out of the loop or that you're trying to get rid of them, right? And so uh, lots of open conversation is a major deal for this. And so, you know, the one of the first conversations is to have with them is to just say, hey, I'm considering this and this thought came to mind, but are, are you interested in this at all? If not, that's okay. And, and when you have that conversation, you need to be able to say to them, please be honest with me. And if you're not interested in this and take some time, think about it, pray about it. If you're not interested, it's okay. But this came to mind. And so you need to give them an out. I love how you said that this is a major key, important, most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> conversation is huge. The yes. conversation has to take place. Now, 
I want to back up that conversation with a conversation that needs to take place. If you're a staff leader, I hope you have regular conversations with your people outside of staff meeting, Mm -hmm. because if you don't, and it comes time to have an important conversation, their, their walls come up, get to know your people and get to know what their heart is like, get to know what their passions are, get to know them individually so that when you have these conversations, it's more honest, it's more open, because that will change the conversation. So when you go to someone and say, you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about how our church can be most effective. I was wondering how you would feel about considering a role like this in our church so we can be successful. And then don't ask him for an immediate answer. Would you take some time and think about that and get back with me, your thoughts? And that can be a really positive way to approach that. Alan, I want to I want to add in right here because we've been talking about this. And I wonder if sometimes as people are listening to this, they're thinking, oh, they're just talking to multiple staff churches. But I think these principles that we're talking through could also be true of a single staff, little church that is moving volunteers into different roles. Um, Keep that in mind. All these things that we're talking through are not just for large churches. Uh, They're very, they're true for large churches, but they're also true for a small church, which most of our folks are small churches, single staffs, just the pastor, but they've got volunteers that are leading in different areas that maybe they see they could be a great leader in this other area. And volunteers are the backbone of the church. And, if you're doing church right, you're going to have to move volunteers around sometime because mm-hmm. need their effectiveness somewhere else. And they may think they're effective somewhere and you see they're not and your responsibilities to get them in the, in the right place. So that's, that's a, truly a huge part of that. And we talked about conversation. The, the other conversation you have to have is really gauge their level of love in the church. Yeah. Do. And it's kind of a two way thing, right, Alan? It's, do they love this church? Do they love the ministry where they're, they're at? And that will show in lots of ways. But then also, does the church love them? You know, in the relationship, is it reciprocal? Um, and I, that's important in order for you to consider a change of ministry role. Um, because you're going to need that good, those good thoughts and good, that love between for folks to be able to accept that. So evaluation, conversation. The third thing we have, Trent, is timing. We say timing is everything. Is it everything in this situation? Well, it certainly can have a big role and a big impact on the decision or the transition. If you decide to move forward, it can change, you know, change things. And so um, if everything is positive, we've gone through this evaluation time, we've got the conversations everything is positive, then it it has to be positive from your view and from the church's view and also from the potential person who's going to be changing. It's got to be positive for them as well. But then if all that is positive, then what are the best times to make this change? And I, I think this is a very important thing to consider. I don't think that people spend enough time planning out in this area. Because there are some areas where you're like, it would be terrible to change a youth minister in the middle of the summer, right? Um, Alan, maybe you can think of some other examples in this too. 
Well, you, you know, Trent, you put in our notes too. If you thought about a, if you have a big music program at Christmas and you want to change your your worship leader at that time, not not a very good time to do that. So think about the ebbs and flows of ministry life in your church. Is there is there a good time to do it? Um, do you need to get that person some additional training before they're ready to step into that role? Do you need to do you need to slow it down? One of the biggest mistakes we make with people is we rush people through these processes. So, hey, everything's positive. Let's just announce to the church we're doing this and we do this. Well, maybe the person is not fully ready for that role. That's one of those things we talked about that can go wrong. Or maybe they're so gung-ho that they're going to go in and blow everything up. But if we got them some training and equipping and slowly work them into the role, when they make those changes, they look they feel like they've been coming at a slower pace. So mm-hmm. things that we can do to kind of buffer things and really create an atmosphere. And one of the worst things we do in churches is rush, rush, rush. We think when we hit on a winning idea that it has to happen right now. And one of the best things we can do is slow our roll, as some people like to say. <laughs> well, and so think about this. This is one of those conversations that you can have, Alan, is, is um, that you can, you know, say, say you decide everything's positive, you're going to move forward. And you say, okay, now, so-and-so, let's think about what are some training opportunities that are out there. Let's both do some investigation because we want to give you all the tools to make you successful. And that's the way you need to couch it is say, hey, you know, we want to give you everything you need to, to do well and enjoy this role. And so let's look and let's find where training is available for you so that you can feel like you're ready to go. Um, and, you know, that can come in lots of different places. Maybe your local network of churches or association has some training that's available that's coming up. And, and that would be a great thing. Maybe your state denomination convention has a has training that's available all the time, or you can contact a person that can help that, you know, help them do some training for you. Or maybe there's a big conference that comes up, you know, across the nation somewhere that you know, hey, this is going to be really helpful for that um, for that person as they move into this role. So do some evaluation, do some, you know research and find those and then you know ask that person to do some research with you and say hey let's get back together next week and let's talk about where can we get some training for you yeah that's a great word so timing is important think about the ebbs and flows of your church when is the right time think about the right time to to get the person trained and equipped before you put them into that role sometimes you can put them in the role and then do training while you do it what is the best situation for you with that Timing is different in every circumstance. I would say the more prominent the role, the more careful you need to be. So if you're moving someone into the role of pastor, you need to be much more intentional with your timing. So be very careful. Think through the timing. Don't overlook its importance. And so, Trent, those are some of the big things when we think about the evaluation, the conversation, the timing. But let's talk about some major principles that go along here. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned this already, but I, I think it's important to reinforce this. Um, lots of prayer. You need God to lead this, and you need God's direction in in what you're doing. Um, lots of we, you know, we may have a wonderful idea, but God is not 
giving a sense of, yes, this is right. Uh, we need to fi- follow his hand and, and ask for his guidance because scripture tells us again and again that he is the, he is the one who is the source of all wisdom. Um, James tells us that, you know, if we lack wisdom, we should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And so we need to ask God what he wants us to do. And, and God has a plan for your church. I think that's important to keep in mind. God has a specific plan for your church and for the people that serve in ministry in your church. So the first thing is lots of prayer. Um, and then we mentioned before, lots of open communication. And so and I think that, that one, again, is a big deal. Yeah, so let's kind of paint that scenario. Maybe you're the pastor of a church and you feel like it's time to move someone. And so you do all these things and you go to them and say, I want to move you. And they come back to you and say, I really don't want to move. But now you've had the conversation. You've kind of opened a box and you can't pretend like that conversation has never happened now. So the ability to communicate and to continue to communicate. Are you going to continue looking into this? whether they want to or not, because it's what's best for the church. Is it a conversation you're going to come back to and say, well, I was just thinking about some ideas. Let's pivot and let's move a different direction. Is that going to be how you're going to go? But you need to make that communication clear because the last thing you want is people in the church going around. Did you hear what, hear what the pastor is going to do? We very rarely get into trouble. We do sometimes. We sometimes over-communicate, but very rarely is that the case. Usually our biggest problem is, under communicate. Yeah, that was always my thought, you know, as I was pastoring, Alan, that especially when we're doing a big project, some major effort, I was like, I'm going to give them more information than they ever dreamed that they could need. Um, that that was my goal, is to give them more so that I didn't give the opportunity for Satan to creep in and say, oh, he's hiding something from you. You know, I was going to tell them everything I was thinking plus some (laughs) and every resource I could find. I think that saves you a lot. And, you know, as you're talking about these conversations, Alan, you have to have in your initial conversation, go out of your way to explain why you're thinking about this um, and to make them feel safe. Um, I think it's important to mention to them hey, you know, I wouldn't even consider this if I didn't appreciate your ministry so much and that the church loves you and appreciates you. And because of that, we want you to pray about this, you know. And But when they come back for the second conversation, and maybe like Alan said, it's not a positive thing for them, that they don't feel like that's, then go out of your way to say, I really appreciate you thinking through this with me. I I don't know if it was a bad idea or a good idea, but I still appreciate you and your ministry. And I, I want to confirm that with you. And will you pray with me about what God wants us to do in this other area? And then just leave it at that. I think that can be a positive thing. Certainly can. So this is a great conversation. This is a great topic. I mean, it was such a good question. It took up two episodes um, for us to talk about it. And Rod, I, I hope we kind of gave you some insight into at least some of the things we've thought about um, with this particular subject. And I believe it's one of these things we need to talk about more because I think we have people who have been in roles way too long and people who are not exploring giftedness and other areas of ministry in our churches. And we we will tell you, we need to do a better job of calling out the called. And sometimes when you call them out, 
it gets a little bit messy and it can take some work to get people in the right spots. But we encourage you to do that. Encourage you to listen to both these episodes and pair them together because they really do go hand in hand. And we are so grateful uh, for you and your churches and the questions that you ask us. Thank you for being a part of the Enduring Churches podcast. And we look forward to catching you next week when we talk about some pitfalls in preaching. Thank you.